And the snake that we've seen throughout the movie, there was a snake in your version? No. Really? There's no, I don't know. When you say snake, I don't know <laughs> what the hell you're talking about. Oh my God, that's crazy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today I finally watched There's Something About Mary. I don't know if you know this about me, David, but There's Something About Mary is the very first movie I've ever seen in a movie theater. Did not know that. I was, uh, when did this movie come out? I think I was like six, seven years old. And um, my mom took me without really knowing what this movie was about. I guess she was just like, this is a comedy. It's fine, whatever. During the zipper scene, which is one of the first things we talk about, um, she got such nasty looks as she left the theater with me dragging along behind her. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's an important lesson to all parents to like check the movie before you go and drag your uh, kid to. Um, which is so funny because if you know my mom, if you met my mom, she's uh, she's so like not like that. Like she won't, wouldn't drag her infant child to to this movie. Uh, but yeah, so she did. And here I am. And it, it actually might have been my sexual awakening with Cameron Diaz. Nice, nice, as it should always be. I think my sexual awakening with Cameron Diaz might have been The Mask, which is her first role. <laughs> okay, fair. I um, When this movie came out, I was 11. And my parents were going to see it. And they took my two older brothers and they were like, absolutely not. You can't see this movie. And for some reason, I then didn't see it for 25, 24 more years. Um, and I finally did it. Finally made it happen. I was very upset when they didn't take me. And then like everyone in school is talking about this fucking movie and I have no idea what they're talking about. You know, that's that's like when I went to school and I wasn't able to see Napoleon Dynamite and every fucking person was talking about Napoleon Dynamite and I was totally lost. You didn't miss much. Honestly, Napoleon Dynamite was like a good movie that was ruined by how much people loved it. So that when I watched it, I was just like, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's how I felt, too. But Um, what about the hype for this movie? Well, it's just, I mean, like, you know, the Frankenbeans, right? That's all people were saying afterwards. Oh, okay. Which is, like, not aged well, obviously. I thought the the cum in the hair was would have been the talking point. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. But it's, like, that was, like, so mimicked in, like, Saturday Night Live sketches and just other random shit. Probably, like... I guess this is back when I watched like the MTV movie awards and like, you know, they probably made fun of that it there too. Um, So yeah, it's like, I heard all about this movie, but just never got to see it. And I I obviously could have in the meantime, I probably could have just gotten it from blockbuster at some point without them knowing. Um, But yeah, this is finally the reason I, uh, there's some, this movie's like very interesting to me. One, it's like, uh ben stiller has seemed to play the same part 16 <laughs> times since then for 20 years yeah um he's obviously 30. done some other he's done some other stuff which is like what we like him in like the um i can never the, the meyerwitz stories. stories right yeah he does other stuff but 
it's like it always comes back to this where it's like he was like a loser as a kid and he's grown up and now and a lot of times like along came Polly they skip the kid part it's just he's kind of a loser now who's like right. interested in this one woman um so it's it, it's good to see like the uh the starting point when um i always remember the prom scene but i always forget the beginning beginning of this movie with the bard and then i'm like oh this bard is throughout the whole film yeah the the opening credits i was like what the fuck is going on and why is this happening so long because you know most movies nowadays they don't do opening credits like that they'll do like a very although you know i watched um panic room the other day and um you know that's like one of fincher's it's not even first it's like middle but that was oh two and there was like these elongated credits in the beginning where it was like had them like naming a bunch of people in the movie and a bunch of stuff that i was like i'm just put that shit at the end it was so like kind of jarring to me so i guess that that like but that doesn't happen now right like the credits are super short in the beginning if there's any yeah well i mean this is kind of interesting how they do it because of the singing and then it's like all the songs revolved exactly about like what's happening or what's about to happen in the movie, but they're actually like bops. Like, Oh, are they? I was like, all right. Well, but the opening too is also visually, it's like this, what is it like stop motion almost, I guess. Is that what it was? Or is like some sort of animation? Yeah. Something like that. And I was just watching. I was like, why, what is happening here? And I, you watched what the hour and 58 minute version and I watched the two hour and 10 minute version because that's the one I found. Yeah. And I don't know what the difference would be in those 11 minutes. Well, hopefully in the next hour, we're going to figure that out. I doubt it. So he gets, you know, we, we open with the high school scene, right? And it's like 20 minutes of him being in high school. And I was like, you could have sped that up. <laughs> we didn't need to be here this whole time. We're, we're well, really just trying to get to the scene of the night of prom yeah following that up he at this is like establishing how much of a loser he actually is is he asked this like it didn't seem like there was like a popularity hierarchy in this except there seemed to be like i guess the jocks and like maybe like one of them is a bully like with you know with her brother and stuff but he ended up asking this just like nobody girl to prom initially right right and she's like well there's this guy like he's supposed to be asking me so you know i'll you know maybe he's like oh okay. what wait wait is that a yes or no and she's like i was perfectly clear <laughs> yeah um yeah, she's like, there's this rumor going around school. <laughs> uh, the act, the guy I'm actually interested in. And so then um, what I like, too, is that, like, it sounds kind of funny, but the attention to detail in this movie is really good. Um, from, like, Ben Stiller's group of friends, like, they come back later in the movie. Um at least one of them does, right? And then um, this one, the, the even the callback to like he finally asked Mary, or yeah, Mary asked him to prom, and then his friend is like, "Oh, what about Susan or whatever the fuck her name was?" 
he's like she's like he's like oh she she didn't seem very interested anyways and so i i kind of like that follow-up through with that like he realizes that he's a loser even when mary asked him to prom he's like yeah like as a group you you need a designated driver like right you know what i'm curious so he he helps out mary's brother who which i think is like the part that aged the worst of this movie like having that character even though like i couldn't help but laugh at scenes like especially if, when he started like when he attacks someone it's just it's like it's so abrupt it's funny every time right. um i didn't feel bad about laughing but it's not it hasn't aged well but when he gets when mary asks him after that because of what he did all of his friends are like you're so fucking full of shit you're not taking her to prom and he bets them money Mm -hmm. do you think he lost that bet i thought they were gonna address that yeah i guess you're right i guess they didn't pay enough attention to detail yeah he's like 50 let's make it 100 like he's so confident of himself uh yeah they they never came back to that and um and then I think the hilarity really starts in this movie when Keith David answers the door. So fucking great. <laughs> and he, Ben Stiller like double checks the house number just to make sure. I was upset that he never came back, that we never saw him at, like in Miami. <sighs> yeah, I mean, he played such a small role, but it was so gold. And he, okay, so let's get to the Frank and Beans part, right? So he gets into the bathroom. He's distracted by these doves. This, this song comes on about birds and the doves move. How is this house positioned? Is this house like a, a U where there's like a courtyard in the middle? It has to be. Yeah. I actually, the coolest house I've ever been to was one of my friend's exes, I think right after high school. And it was basically like a lifesaver. It was like in a circle and in the middle was a pool. <laughs> Actually, I think we have one of those houses in my mom's neighborhood. It's so it was so badass. Like it was it was a really fucking expensive house. Um, yeah, so <laughs> he's distracted by the birds and zips up his 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 balls. And what I love about this scene is like just the more and more people that keep coming in like. <laughs> And, Keith and David so abruptly too. Keith David, and then the cop just shows up in this whatever courtyard this was, and then the fireman comes through the door because they heard a woman scream. Right. Oh, and I, I, I also I love before that when Keith David's like, oh, "What the fuck, Mary already left with Woogie," and I was like, even I was like taken aback. I was like, "Oh wait, what?" Like I was confused, and he's <laughs> like, ah, "I'm just fucking with the kid. Like get in here." <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so great. His, his whole, uh, I'm talking about Keith David here, but his whole thing where he's like, um, is that the Frank or the beans? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, what's that balloon thing? He's like, how did you get the, how did you get the beans about the Frank? <laughs> yeah, and then Warren just freaking beans, <laughs> just like, as he's trying to keep it cool. And then he's like, Oh, my wife is a dental hygienist. Let's get her in here. She'll know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the way, but the way the cop just comes up to him and he's like, you've already done the hard part, D- you know, don't worry. And then he's just like, you know what he's about to do and just yanks it down. 
the i love the cut though like the cut is just him on the gurney and the and the paramedics like we've got a bleeder also we forgot how did you get the zipper all the way to the top <laughs> how did he get the zipper all the way to the top i don't know apparently this is a real story that happened to the fairly brothers that someone this happened to someone like at their house but their parents didn't tell any of them about it until they were adults and so like kept it from them so that this kid didn't have to deal and so that like they then like told them years later and they were cracking up so much they're like we have to fucking put this in the movie oh my god um we didn't talk about warren piggyback his like his love for piggybacks and how when it was his turn to jump on a ben stiller's shoulders uh he's a big dude right and what's funny too is like all these adults are playing high schoolers but comparatively like ben stiller how tall he is and how tall the actor who plays warren is (laughs) it's just such a big dude uh that it shows like his commitment to trying to have anyone like him i guess in this case mary so he would just like suffer right yeah right he like he's willing to do whatever to like make mary happy um richard jenkins in this in the next scene is so good in the therapist scene yeah yeah (laughs) first of all like not being in the office and like slowly sneaking back like making sure it doesn't make a noise um but then I noticed, like, and this is the thing in the 90s, just so many gay jokes. Yeah. I mean, the 90s, as far as, like, PC culture, is about as subtle as Matt Dillon in this movie. Correct. Um, and that leads to he hires Matt Dillon, who was, uh, who was referred to him by his friend Dom, who is also Woogie, which I want to talk about now. How was... Chris Elliott, who plays Dom, this like high school quarterback. <laughs> no, no, no. I have a better question. If he's been obsessed with Mary for all these years and he had a connection like Pat Healy this entire time, why didn't he just get Pat a lot sooner to track down Mary? I don't think he wanted to. I don't think he wanted to track down Mary because he, you know, he, he got the hives are kind of like the sickness he gets when he's near her. <laughs> right. And so he was like, he had gotten her out of his system, like with, you know, for lack of a better way to say it. And yeah. so I don't think he wanted to. Is that why he married someone who looks alarmingly like her? I don't know if anyone looks alarmingly like Cameron Diaz, but yeah, I mean, well, it's also funny too, is like he has what you like, what a lot of people would look at as like the perfect life. He's got these two kids. He's got a wife who like dotes on him. Right. The one scene where he's like watching cops and then her head pops up. Right. Which is funny too. Cause then I love in the credits when they reverse it. Yes. And she's even, and he's, they even switch clothes. Yeah. Um, so we get to Matt Dillon who goes to Miami, which I don't even know. How did he know she was in Miami? He has the connection from the guy who plays the dad on Arrested Development. I don't know his. Yeah, I just. He has since been canceled, but yeah. Yeah, several times, I think. Um, So they know it's in Miami. He goes to Miami. (laughs) 
the one of the funnier gags to me. Oh, is that's where- this is how because the other guy saw her at a convention because she's a surgeon. In he didn't he didn't know about that until later. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't know. So there's like a whole montage of Matt Dillon following around Mary, right? And he she has like lunch with her girls, which includes Sarah Silverman, and then also. I did not look up her name before this. You mean the coroner from CSI Miami? Correct. Yeah. But I know her from news radio and I like loved her in that show. And that was such a great show. Um, And Matt Dillon just basically hears everything that he needs to know to like steal her. And he like uh, the, the funny scene too. There's two funny scenes from this part with Matt Dillon. One is the strip scene, which you like warned me about right before I saw it. You're like, Oh, you haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Uh, where he thinks he's going to see Mary naked, but then he sees like the other woman naked, which right. also like that is great, like costume work on her because she <laughs> does not look that old in real life or at least at that time. Right. Um, but my favorite part of this part with Matt Dillon is when he meets uh, Sully, who's the guy from Rest of Development, and he tells him like, oh, you can have a beer like what one beer. I mean, you know, that'll help you <laughs> stay on the wagon. And he tastes the beer and you think like, oh, you fucked up. And he's like, oh, this tastes like shit. And like gives it back to him. And you're like, oh, okay. It's like a nice, you know, deke. But then it deeks again later when he's like starts doing coke. I thought you were going to refer, I guess this comes up later in the movie when he's over at her house and she asks him for a beer and uh, he's resuscitating the dog. Right. And he goes, stay away from the light. <laughs> She looks at the Bud Light and she's like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Right. Yeah, no, that's good, too. Um, so Matt Dillon then tells tells Ben so like, oh, she's fat and she's in a wheelchair with four yep. kids. <laughs> and then she's like, but I can I can get her bookies number. Right. If you yeah. if you want to if you want to get in contact with her. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure she'd love the visit uh, to the projects. <laughs> what's interesting about this is. You know, he's obviously not interested then, but just the change in him. Like I was, I thought it was going to be, he was going to find out that was a lie and then go back after him. But the, the idea that he was like, well, even with all that, I still want to, con- you know, I still have these feelings. They didn't change because of this, you telling me these things about her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the part where he's like, oh, she's gained a little weight. She got a little chubby. You're like, yeah, two, two and a half bills. Like, you know, but she carries it well. <laughs> Um, I also like when he's backtracking and uh, he's like, oh, this is the part. This is the one where he's like, yeah, I'll give you. He comes back to him. Right. And he's like, seriously, I want her number. He's like, yeah, when she comes back from Japan, (laughs) he goes, Japan, what's she doing in Japan? He goes, well, you've heard of mail order brides. Well, they need them back there, too. Right. No, yeah, that that is great. And what's I think funny too, and so this movie isn't just like a comedy, but it's also got a twist. (laughs) And knowing the twist ahead of time, like it's I they do a great job of like leaving the breadcrumbs because in the next scene, uh Ben Stiller's like, you know, I yeah, or no, it actually just starts with Chris Elliott's character laughing at him, and he's like oh, you know, I, you know, you should feel liberated and relieved. He's like, I know I do. And that's, you know, like Chris Elliott's like, oh, she's fat. I don't want her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the scene 
where Matt Dillon kind of starts stalking her at the golf course. Right. Um, and she's obviously like creeped out by him. Like she's a beautiful woman. I mean, it's freaking Cameron Diaz. She's probably approached and, and, and try to be picked up by dudes a lot of times. Right. So her like wariness to him is great. Um, but the things that he plants to make him look desirable is so fucking hilarious. When he opens the door and all the blueprints just fall out of his car, I'm like, oh my God. Well, even he's like, oh, can you give me a dollar? All I have is these Nepalese coins. And what I think the movie does a really great job of too, like this is a very well-written movie, like the setups for everything. Um, because like they, she's like, oh, I, you, you know, I hear Nepal, which is a thing I talked about. You're an architect, which is the thing I talked about, right? And she later on describes how like with Matt Dillon, it's like my head is telling me this guy's perfectly perfect for me, but I just know in my heart that that's not true. Right. I know something's off about this guy. Right. And so it doesn't paint her like when I first saw the scene of it, she was like, Oh, Nepal. Oh, architect. Don't you want to know my name? Like you kind of like may just like look at her a little bit and be like, Oh God, really? Like you're that, that's easy. What, not yeah, easy like, but like yeah like kind of almost she comes off if this movie was poorly written she would have come off as more of a gold digger than anything right which you then find out because you don't know her job at this point you find out is like couldn't be further from the truth like she has her own gold that that really matt dylan's trying to dig in on right right you never get matt dylan's full motivation except for he's just like in love with her but i think just every man in this movie is absolutely smitten with cameron diaz and you know what that's believable. We can do this now. I wrote this down and you saw it. So I think today and maybe just a few years ago, Margot Robbie would be like a good choice for this. You have another one that you thought could do it. Charlize Theron. She's a tad bit older though. Yeah, but now I'm thinking like this was 30 years ago, right? I was saying today. Yeah, today, 30 years ago, Charlize Theron. No, um, man, today, like, um, I mean, she doesn't necessarily, like, no plot point said she had to be blonde, right? No. Right. I I would want to throw either Elizabeth Olsen into the ring um, or Lupita Nyanga. Nyanga. Yeah, no, I, uh, I also thought... You could do Jennifer Lawrence, um, but she would like. Jennifer Lawrence doesn't come off as the same way Cameron Diaz comes off. No, no, I agree. If she would be more, I don't know that Lupita, has she done like a comedic movie? She's, she's very versatile. Don't, don't put a limit on Lupita. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, but J-Laws would, you know, she does more kind of characters that kind of steal the scene. Whereas Cameron Diaz, she wasn't doing that as much in this, right? She was a part of the scene, but she wasn't the focal point necessarily in all of the scenes she was in. Uh, like she was the focal point of all the other characters. But um, yeah, I agree with that. I think Margot Robbie, like if you're trying to. Pretty, no, I mean, pretty damn good not one. not choosing Margot Robbie. Those are my other two choices. But I think. Yeah, I think I nailed, I, I nailed it, right? You you got it. You did a good job, David. Um, now, 
Now I'll give you some time to think while we do the rest of this, but you got to replace Brett Favre with another quarterback by the end of the podcast. So I'm just fucking with you. I don't want you Googling the rest of the podcast. Tom, so. Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Not bad. Um, yeah, but at, like, as you said, so Matt Dillon's coming on pretty strong, but then she starts to be interested in him. <laughs> but then he's like, yeah, they had one of those fuckers in a cage. And she's like, in a cage? He's like, yeah, I know, but I, I got him a leash. And then he's got this run that he's on now. So he's much happier. <laughs> where, you know, where he calls him a retard. And the movie kind of comes to a stop because that's obviously not PC, right? But when the movie says that and she goes, well, that's not really politically correct. And he goes, oh, yeah, I don't care what people think. I still work with them. <laughs> yeah. And also, I don't, you know, that word, it's kind of interesting when that word became un PC. And I don't, I think people that were in the community in 98 probably felt that way. But that was a word that got thrown around a lot, especially if you were in school. In oh, 1998. I mean, you couldn't go down the hallway. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. I couldn't go down the hallway without being called either retarded or gay. Correct. And I think at as those are like derogatory terms that you would be. I got beat up in high school. Okay. <laughs> and the kid didn't even get expelled. I think if you verbalize one of those two words in school today your ass would be out on the street probably not a private school though Pro probably so then they go on their first date and he's like obviously spitting all this information that she wants to hear um but i love the scene where he drugs the dog the two there's two drugging the dog scenes and right. the second one obviously better but this one's pretty great too where he kills the dog and then resuscitates the dog and then they come back out and they have this like appalled look on their face. They're like, oh my God, <laughs> he's holding the dog like a baby. <laughs> I wondered about how they didn't notice that the couch was completely soaked. I don't know. I mean, Matt Dillon in this movie is such a masterful BSer that he these problems don't even phase him when he when he gets to the architect museum he knows he's fucked right he she's like oh i have a surprise we're gonna go to the architect museum we're gonna meet my friend who's an architect she must mention that she likes architecture or she likes to date architects a lot because two stalkers in her life have now pretended to be architects the only difference between matt dylan and norm who we're about to talk about now is Norm has dedicated a large amount of his life to this role that he has taken up as a uh, Tucker. Right. Right. And to the point where see Taylor watching this with me, she called it that Norm was full of well, Tucker was full of shit, but when he walks all the way out to his car and like still pretends to be handicapped, and doesn't stop until he's like what must be like on the other side of town is dedication. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I didn't, I don't know that I saw that part coming, even though I've seen the end of it. I knew that he was in love with her. Um, and I think that's fairly obvious, right? Cause there's, 
like I said, there's the Tucker, there's the Tucker part of it that he's in love with her, which I think is the most obvious. Then the fact that he's faking his injury, you might've also seen, but then the Chris Elliott part of it, you know I mean? There's so many hidden things that you find out throughout the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I love, <laughs> so we next get Ben Stiller has decided to drive down because his friend was like, no, Mary's hot. Uh, you know, she's a surgeon. I saw her at a conference and right. when yeah. he picks up the hitchhiker uh, played by Harlan Williams and he's like, yeah, you know how they have eight minute abs. I have a great idea. Seven minute abs. And if someone's not satisfied with it, we'll just give them the extra minute for free. The funniest part that I found, I mean, on it, obviously later on when they stop at the, at the rest stop is pretty hilarious, but the funniest part in the car and it's really, it's not super subtle, but, it, you know, comparatively to the rest of this movie. But when Ben Stiller suggests the six minute ab yeah. and he starts kind of twitching, like, yeah, you can see the, the, the persona cracking, right? Um, yeah. Well, later I, too, I when they it. find out and he was like, yeah, if you hadn't stopped to pee, he was going to slit your fucking throat. <laughs> Another like, I, I don't know what you call this kind of comedy, this like when you're when the character is talking about something, but everyone else obviously is misunderstanding w- where they are at, or what their conversation is about. But the interrogation scene between him and the cops where where they found the dead body in his car right. and he's just like thinks it's is this he, about the hitchhiker? Yeah. Yeah, I did it. Like, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. How many have times you done- have you done this before? With hitchhikers? My whole life. 25? <laughs> yeah, no, that is awesome. But the callback to the Richard Jenkins saying like, oh, a lot of gay activity at rest areas to him right. tripping over like a gay orgy and then the cops turning on the lights. <laughs> just a dude with his pants down in front of him. <laughs> oh, and then this is where uh woogie is getting a blowjob by his wife and sees him on cops and then his wife's like i knew he was gay this entire time i told you yeah no i fucking that like had me dying laughing the prison thing had me like laughing hilariously like the the interrogation um all of it all of it hilarious the the part where the cop is just bounces Ben Seller's head down on the over and over on the table after like he's a like, basketball. Oh my God. So Tucker goes to Mary and is like, Hey, this dude's faking it. He didn't graduate from Harvard. Um, and he's not an architect is I love the way this is done because it gives Matt Dillon the opportunity to fix this. Yeah. And I was like, and this is like right where I paused it and then like finished it later. I was like, how is he going to do this? And then when they start listening in on his fake conversation with Sully and the way you can tell, we know that Sully's reading it and you can hear him just reading it. Oh man, you shouldn't hold that against yourself with all those kids you saved in Africa. And then he turns the page. The, the, the line that I find really funny is like, yeah, and, the, and your spill with the gonorrhea and he's like fuck fuck and he's like uh yeah i cured a lot of diseases while i was over there and then like all the girls listening in were like 
yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, it's this is an interesting like Sarah Silverman performance because it's like not her persona now, but she's like like she's playing like a character that anyone could have played in this. Right. But then when you see her in other stuff and her stand up and stuff, you're like that you are like this is so much less than you could have done like with this. She's just like anyone could have played that part. Um, that sounds like I'm demeaning her. I'm saying she's no, no, no. I, I see what you're saying because like with Keith David, you could have Keith David come back and later on in the movie and do something really hilarious. What I like about this movie is that it's focused on our characters. And just because you have someone like Keith David or Sarah Silverman in this movie, doesn't mean you have to like overuse them, you know? No. Yeah. But my point is even in the part she's in, she's not very like Sarah Silverman ish. It's just like anyone could have read those lines. And so it's like not a great use of her talents is what I'm trying to say. I see. Um, so then she, like they're now dating. Right. And like that, you know, and it's like, there's a bunch of like montages used in this movie and they're all like pretty effective. Um, but he immediately, <laughs> Matt Dillon immediately goes back to being a dick after he's fixed things. He's like, <laughs> he's taking money from Warren in chess in checkers and cheating to beat him. He's like <laughs> bowling over all the, the, uh, the mentally handicapped people like in football just like <laughs> immediately and it's like it then makes sense why she's willing to like blow off the date with him when she sees ben stiller and the fact that ben stiller's you know she's like oh it's crazy running into you you want to catch up and i love she's like well isn't that what we're doing now and he's like oh okay she's like i'm just fucking with you which is like what keith david did right which is kind of nice um but he's like, uh, you know, she's like, I can't tonight. And he's like, well, why don't you just blow that off and we'll go tonight, you yeah. know? And it's because Matt Dillon's like, obviously not a good match for her. He was literally like the biggest asshole five seconds before running into Ben Stiller, right? To her. So it was, yeah, it was easy. Another <laughs> And Warren throat punched him for touching his ears. <laughs> Stop it. Yes, but yes. Um, Another breadcrumb, as you say, that hints about Woogie is that when they both duck behind the statue, right? Um, oh, first of all, is there any way that Woogie at this point in the movie would know what she looks like? Because there's a bunch of people on those steps, but he knows. Uh, I'm not going to look too much into that. But the other thing was, is that when Ben Stiller. Woogie, Woogie dated her. No, I know, but do, we don't know that yet. Oh, does Chris Elliott know what Mary looks like? Oh, you're saying from the vantage point. I get what you're saying. You're saying what, um, you see what I'm saying? But beyond that, when they both duck behind the statue and Ben Stiller's like, yeah, I'm down here with my friend and he turns around and there's no one there and he kind of just passes it off. Like he cannot be recognized by her. That's kind of a, the genius behind the reveal too, is that he duck behind the statue and he either never came out or he booked it well and later on when she comes to pick him up from the hotel we'll get to in a second <gasps> yeah 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 he kind of turns away from her right and i think that's the most obvious of when it's like okay something's but even up. then he could have just been like but there was no reason because she doesn't know him well we think she, she, doesn't know she him. shouldn't know him right well the other genius thing too um, is right in this part is where Mary says, oh, the reason you couldn't find me, which she doesn't say it that way, but she's like, I changed my last name because I had a stalker in college. And she doesn't right. even say who it's, she doesn't even say it's Woogie. 
Um, which funny the real reveal at the end when he's like, My name's Dom Wuganowski. Like, you idiot. Like, how did you not figure this out? Right. Um, but I think the next thing we have to talk about is the jerk-off scene. And you may disagree with a lot of what Chris Elliott says, but it's not bad advice what he says to Ben Stiller in this scenario. It's it's not bad advice. And to which Taylor turns to me, because we're watching this together, right? She turns to me and she goes, is this true? Have you done this before? And I literally said, babe, I haven't been single in like 12 years. No, that's not true. 10, 10 years. I can't remember like the last time I went on a date if I did that. But I was like, yeah, pretty sure that's just like an unspoken rule is you never go on a date with a loaded gun. I love Ben's realization too. He's like, I've been going out with a loaded gun. And, and uh, Chris Elliott's like, yeah, people get hurt that way. Yeah. Um, and then coming out of his mouth in that context, knowing who he is, is bad. Um, so he masturbates to, I guess, like a Sears catalog. Right. And in the meantime, uh, Tucker has come and completely blown up Matt Dillon's spot. Like, oh, he's a murderer, which I was like, no way he's a murderer. But the way Matt Dillon's responding, he's, he's like, fuck. Like, he's like, oh, they caught me. But I was like, that can't be real. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I guess he could overcome anything else. But being accused of being a murderer is like, it's going to be impossible to overcome, especially in like 98, where... The over internet. what speaking of overcame um you aim when you jack off right like who doesn't aim like who doesn't pay attention to where that stuff goes right <laughs> he, was, he was really into it he was really into it um but the this... trajectory that he's on, he's doing it like over a counter it's like how does it not like end up under the how does it end up on his now i will say the framing for the move for the for the uh, scene where he goes to answer the door and how we never see his left side is so geniusly done because it's not unnatural we just don't see his left side until we have to do you think that it arced up and came back down and landed or do you think it hit from the bottom into his ear how do you not feel <laughs> the ejaculate hitting your ear it, it it definitely came from the bottom and now it's here and now it's hair um oh. uh, um this is the most iconic scene though right like this is when well, i saw like that hairdo all of it i was gonna ask you is the most iconic scene is when she takes it from his ear and puts it in her hair or is it the next scene where you see her hair sticking straight up at the restaurant? I mean, it's all one thing. It's all the reveal, right? But yeah. like, you know, no, yeah, I, this is like what this movie, it's the first thing you think of when you see this movie, which is funny because I think this happens with like 30 minutes left. Yeah. It, yeah. Super there's a the lot of setup to this film, which I never realized. I, I was watching this and I was thinking like, we haven't come to that scene yet. And they have to be going out on a date. I was like, how does this work out? You know? Right. The other thing too, is like, uh, it's really cool that like Cameron Diaz was like down to do this, you know what I mean? Like, 
I, I assume mean, it was like, actually hair gel, but just like, oh, oh, you're talking, you're not talking about the movie. You're talking about this scene specifically. Yeah. Just like that. She was like, oh yeah, this, like, this will be a lot of fun to do. Like, that's a cool, like, you know, personality trait. Um, I, maybe I like Mary too. <laughs> She's also throughout the date, like dropping hints that he should move there. She's not subtle at all about it. Like, oh, you move here. We'll get married. Yeah, but I think she's doing that as like a like a girl as a girl girl joke. It's a girl joke. Right. She keeps doing it. These mm. are hints that he should have taken. I mean, eventually he does. When they give the dog speed, <laughs> this is like one of the funniest scenes. And this like it breaks down into just like total absurdity too with the dog fight. And I fucking love it. Um, when they're throwing the speed through the window and Mad Dylan's like, is this going to kill him? And he goes, I don't know. How many is that? And he's like, um, that'd be four. He goes, Oh my God. And then he, th- he throws it in the window anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, <laughs> but I love the start of it too. She, oh, well, first Ben Stiller's like, she asks him to come up and he's like, oh, I better not press, you know, I better quit while I'm ahead. And she's like, you're not that far ahead. So he goes up there, which is like, you know, a really great sign for him. But when the door just keeps banging to the bathroom and he's like, what is that? She's like, oh, my dog's in there. Oh, and Magda fucking standing on the couch vacuuming it because she got one. Let me ask you, when Ben Stiller had to confront the dog in the bathroom, did that remind you of the scene in Along Came Polly? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, bathroom dog scenes are his are his jam. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, like, and you told me this that like the one part that made you laugh that made Taylor laugh, and I thought it was hilarious too, is when him and the dog are going back and forth, and he goes to poke the dog's eyes out, and they show it from the angle of him preparing to do it, and then it turns to the dog, and he sticks his paw. Up. <laughs> <laughs> the fact, the fact that he like slams the dog on like the broken glass and then like punches the dog and then eventually throws the dog out the window well no he doesn't throw the dog he ducks and the dog flies out the oh, window is that, is that what happened and yeah, he's just okay. sitting there and you're just like oh oh this is over for him at least for now because you know it ends well right. um but then the next scene they're like shopping together like doing full grocery shopping um and also hilarious like he leaves the dog on the roof and then gets out he's like oh fuck and then, yeah the dog is in like a full body cast mm-hmm. yeah and this is when we get i think maybe our final uh montage of them just going on dates we get the fish the fish hook scene uh warren getting like a couple different costumes with him and like you see how good he is with warren yeah. um but then he <clears> gets a then mary gets the anonymous letter and i immediately was like oh tucker had to have sent that right um i think the way now here's the thing the way it's set up is we we've been talking about the the twist being very well written but the way it's revealed i think is the best written part she gets a letter ruining his plan because he hired healy to follow her so it ruins both of them and woogie doesn't really know about norm right right so when that confrontation happens in the apartment you still think it's norm correct because matt dylan i mean at first i thought it was matt dylan but he he's right why would he ruin himself 
in that, right? No, yeah, you know it's not Matt Dillon. At first, I was like, well, why couldn't it be Matt Dillon? And I was like, oh, because now she knows he's a private eye. So yeah, that that takes him out too. Right. Um, the best part of that scene is when you look at the snake and think that it ate the dog, and then the dog runs out, and then you're just like, oh, Sully. I don't know what you're talking about. <gasps> Did we find it? So Matt Dillon, yes, this is, I guess, the part that didn't happen. Matt Dillon goes in, and the snake that we've seen throughout the movie, there was a snake in your version? No. Really? There's no, I don't know. When you say snake, I don't know what the <laughs> hell you're talking about. Oh, my God, that's crazy. It, so in the beginning, uh, Sully makes this joke to Matt Dillon. Or Matt Dillon asks, oh, does your dog bite? And he's like, he nibbles. And then they get to Sully's apartment. And he's like, there's a snake. And he's like, does your snake fucking bite? And he's like, he nibbles. Uh, and then later on, you see the snake when Sully's like reading the, the script. And then in this scene, Ben Stiller comes in. Then Matt Dillon and Tucker come in. And they look over and see the snake with a huge belly. And he's like, oh, no, the dog. Matt Dillon says that. And then like a minute later, the dog runs out. So meaning the snake fucking ate Sully. How okay, this none of this was in my version. Like he 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 goes to pet the dog, he goes, Does he bite? And Sully goes, A little, and that's it. That's that's it. That's really funny. But you know what? When they do break into Matt Dillon's apartment or Sully's apartment, you see this weird tree table thing. And I was like, that's so weird. But that's for the snake. Yes. Which was not in my version. That's really funny. So Sully dies. Yeah, yeah, he's dead. He's in that Holy snake's belly. Shit. Yeah, he is not. He is uh, very affected by his relationship with Matt Dillon. This. Uh, the other thing that I usually, before we get to the very end, I usually don't like in movies is when something can easily be explained and it's not. Right. So when she's like, you hired this guy to stalk me. And he's like, he could have just easily, which he does kind of on the way out. But he could just said, I didn't hire anyone to stalk you. I hired them to find you so that I could, you know, because I haven't stopped thinking about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't, but the- I didn't want him to follow you. I just wanted to know where you lived. It's still <laughs> creepy. It's still creepy. E- either way you spin it. And I think the pro the I hate that kind of trope in movies, too. And the reason I didn't have a problem with that one is because he it's still creepy, you know, no matter how you spin it. Slightly less. Now you just Facebook stalk. Well, yeah, of course. But if if she if she went that much trouble in like changing her name, oh, she, she wouldn't doesn't have a, yeah, she have doesn't a Facebook, Facebook game. No, absolutely not. So we're getting to the well, we're at the twist. She walks into a, her apartment, she walks in her bedroom, and boom, there's Woogie. I gotta say that this scene is played for laughs, but it is super fucking creepy. I I'm actually really glad that Norm and um uh, Healy w- was listening in to like save her. I mean, he was after the shoes, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But when he's like, I came here for, you know, I'm not going to leave until I take something to remember me by. I was like, this is a really fucking dark. And then it tur- they turn into a joke. But I just don't think of all the other stuff in this movie you couldn't get away with. I don't think you could get away with that. I mean, yeah, not not exactly the words he said. I mean, the reveal was quite quick. So I think that's okay, but still, yeah. Um, there's another twist in this movie that was sadly ruined for you. But yes, the- so I had actually seen 
basically the point where Matt Dillon's like, oh, we're all in love with you. You have to choose. So I've seen the movie from there on before. And we had this thing, you know, this groundwork laid where she, yeah, she, uh, one of her friends, it was uh, Condi Alexander was like, oh, you know, what about that Pac-Man that you broke up with? And she's like, oh, and then later on, she's like, yeah, Brett from up north, like all these hints. Yeah. That are like pretty cool. Uh, and then you have Brett Favre who cannot act very well. At least he couldn't in 1998. I don't think he still can. Mayor, I still think about you. I love you, Mayor. Um, it is a cool ending though, for him to be like, listen, I'm over you and I'm doing the right thing. And so here's Brett, this guy who, because we find out that Tucker ruined things for Brett with Mary and then Woogie, Wooganowski, uh, ruined things for uh, him. I love when Woogie walks up, he's like, Hey Brett, could you sign this pump? A little something for the wife and kids. And then she's like, Woogie. He's like, eh, whatever you cock tease. <laughs> yeah. All three of those guys being in love with her, right? And then the only reason she ever left Brett is because she thought that he didn't like the situation with her brother. Um, But then the old man sleeping with Magda on top of that is in love with her too. And like, honestly, he has the most motivation of, of all of them. She brings him a fucking apple every day. Oh yeah, no, she's very caring to him i it's funny too like they have that whole the old guy and magda that like that love story like you know love story whatever (laughs) happens in the background of the movie they never address it it just keeps happening um right but also you know this movie does so many fake outs and to end with a fake out of like he's like bawling his eyes out and then she comes down and he like mary and like starts running back to you and and she's like you forgot your keys and you're like "Uh oh okay and then the whole like i'm a niners fans and then they get together like this movie is very much you know you could i think it's well written too but you could also say that it's like purposely going for all these misdirections throughout the entire movie like so many of them even on the final shot where he pulls out the sniper and he's like i've just been sleeping with you because i'm in love with to get close to mary and he shoots the bard and then it so abruptly ends with the Farley brothers. Yeah. Name. Yeah. I am glad you made me watch this. I don't know that I ever, it's not like I had this thing where I was like, oh, I can't watch it. But I just, I don't know that I ever would have. Because one, I don't think comedies age that well, which we may have proven with who's Harry Crumb. But this one, you know. I can look at things and say, oh, those haven't aged well. Those are offensive. But they also still make me laugh. And so from a I'm, glad, comedic, I'm glad you can admit this. So from a comedic standpoint, this movie still worked really well. Um, and yeah, it's just overall, it's, it's really good. I'm, I'm glad you like it. For me, it's a little different. It's not for for me. It's not as funny as I remember it. Um, not saying it's not funny. Obviously, we've talked about a lot of laughs on this, but mainly um, it's the story is actually better than I remember it. Like it's it's more well written. It's just not as funny, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, and that happens too with comedies where you're like, oh, I've I've seen all the laughs, so they don't hit the same way, and you probably remember some of them. But well, I was six years old, so. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David, and I finally watched There's Something About Mary.